0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is another episode of the Off Topical Podcast. My name is Gardner. And I'm Ryan. And and, <laughs> and uh, we have a couple stories here to talk with you guys about today. Uh, Ryan, what, what are we talking about today?
1: Well, uh, we are talking about the new Matrix movie because that's awesome. Heck yeah. We're talking about uh, Sousa uh, Rancher uh, 2.6 launching, but... Actually, I want to talk about something else we learned because of that story. Yeah. And then uh, Docker. Um, If you haven't heard about what's happening at Docker, then um, you haven't been watching the open source news this week. And then finally, uh, patents and AI. So
0: I say that sounds like a pretty full show. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think that does, too. And there's one more thing I want to talk about at the very outset. Well so,
0: let's get into that then. Uh,
1: yeah, so I've been playing this game and uh and it's an MMO and I'm just gonna like slowly leak details until you tell me what the game is, okay? Okay. Okay. First off, it's not Final Fantasy fourteen, even though I played Final Fantasy fourteen through when it first came out, like before it rebooted, back in like what was it, two thousand and I don't even know what year that was. It was a long time ago. Mm. Like, the there was Final Fantasy fourteen. It was a terrible game. And so they rebooted it, and then it was Final Fantasy A Realm Reborn, which I played. And that was a much better game. Mm. Very WoW-like. Well, now, you know, everybody's into it. But that's not the game. So that's the first clue. Okay. Um, not fantasy. It's actually sci-fi. Mm. Um, uh, they're... Are spaceships and a lot of it is piloting spaceships. Can Pil- you guess it yet?
0: Piloting spaceships is it Eve Online?
1: Yeah, it is totally Eve Online. <laughs> it's completely and totally Eve Online. Yeah. Nice. So I'm playing. I'm playing spreadsheets in space. Played played less this week than I had the previous couple of weeks. Nice. But um, it, it's pretty addicting. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> but it's uh, a. <laughs> but it it scratches an itch and i'm not sure what that itch is and i'm and i'm going to have to figure that out and decide if i want to play a game that's that's not all that fun but but uh something is enjoyable about about uh you know just making that isk and uh building new spaceships and selling stuff so <laughs> there you have it nice that's been my new that's been my new game and i didn't think i was that into it until steam politely told me that I played it like 60 or 70 hours. I was like, man, Mm. that can't be true. First off, I must have left it on (laughs) because I I don't really don't think that. And if I have, then I'm, then I like that game a lot more than I thought. But yeah, anyway, Eve online. If you want to, if you want to come play with me audience who's listening out there, uh, then, uh, just, just email us with your, with your, uh, handle and I'll, I'll invite you to a corporation when I start one.
0: Nice. That's awesome. I've You know what game I've been playing a couple uh, nights this week? Um, What's that? Two Points Hospital.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: Uh, it's, Two Points it's, Hospital. Yeah, it's basically um, uh, a spiritual successor to a theme hospital. And it's, like, super fun. I I like the, the tycoon-style, like arcade gotcha. simulator kind of things and it, it's it's so gotcha. great i love it um really funny and like such a dry british sense of humor uh it's it's great
1: my um uh, my most of the games i've been playing lately are games that my wife and i can play together oh. like couch co-op maybe we've talked about this before off off air i think but, so but um it frustrates me because there are some games that should be couch co-op, and they're just not. Yeah. And, and like, they're not even the games that, you know, producing a split-screen thing would be too taxing. It's just, like, they're like, oh, we've got online co-op. That's all anybody ever needs. Um, And, of course, maybe there are other technical reasons why they don't want to do that, and maybe it's difficult and so on. But uh, one game that I'm really upset about was, uh, so... I have, um, so I'm going to, te- I'm going to tell a dark secret right now.
0: Oh, so exclusive.
1: I do have windows installed on one of my machines, Oh my! dual God. booting on uh, a machine in my living room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, I, c- I can play most of my games in, um, in steam and, and just load up the Linux machine in big picture and that's fine. But then of course there are occasionally those games that, don't work in proton all that well but I'm not actually sure if this one does or doesn't mm. but um so I but I started up in windows thinking like just in case this is a problem like I'll just play this game on the windows side and it was um Halo the Halo like Master, uh, Chief, Master collection. Chief collection
0: yeah that works in proton yeah. really well actually
1: it does oh well yep. that's good um what really upset me about that was I purchased it thinking this co-op oh yeah (laughs) and uh and it doesn't it might on i read somewhere online somebody was saying i they said it well someone on the internet i can't verify this myself and i haven't asked somebody with an xbox um series x but they said that it did have couch co-op on the xbox but not on pc which if that's true that's really upsetting to me
0: yeah that is that's but it doesn't
1: have couch co-op on the on the pc yeah, so.
0: that I I haven't tried that. I honestly I would have assumed that it had couch co op, but um, I yeah they the the thing about I I I really don't like online games. Like I think in all of my time, I think Minecraft and probably Command and Conquer, like Open Ra specifically, are the only games that I play online. Like everything else I don't care about. I'd rather play against bots or local co-op, you know?
1: Yeah. So I do play Fortnite
0: um, oh a my lot. God <laughs> uh,
1: I, didn't a realize, lot, I didn't but, realize uh, my
0: co-host was a 12-year-old boy.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, you say that, but that's my joke all the time. Is like when when somebody does something to my squad that makes us upset, I always remind everybody like, okay, well... It, he's twelve, <laughs> like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we I started playing it at the beginning of the pandemic with a couple of family members, my wife and I, and then with uh, her sister and my brother-in-law. Nice. And uh, and we really and we we just kept winning for a while. We were just like on a winning streak, and so we just kept playing, and and that's our thing we do to to stay together as a family as we we go and we play Fortnite together. Nice. So that's what's up uh, yeah that's but cool. yeah i i accept the uh i'm a 12 year old boy <laughs>
0: argument uh yeah i don't mean to be insulting
1: i <laughs> uh, it's valid it's valid one time i accidentally loaded into the global chat and uh it
0: was all it was all just children Anyone else playing my, uh, f- uh, Fortnite on, on their tablets that their mom gave them? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else playing Fortnite on their mom's phone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. uh, yeah.
1: Um, so, hey. I, I do like how cross-platform it is, though. Just as an aside, Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. Like, you can play it on the Switch. You can play it on the PlayStation. You can play it on anything.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe even on iPhone one day. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right let's talk about something that i know you and i both are very excited about the matrix four yeah what what yeah okay we've both watched the 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 two trailers like or the two teasers of the trailer uh-huh what do you think
1: well so i have a controversial opinion about the matrix Because a bunch of people that I know love the first one and then dislike the two follow-ons. I actually
0: love all three of them. Me too.
1: In fact, uh, on March 14th, I watch all three every year.
0: Oh, Um, Oh, cool.
1: Because 314, 314 seconds is the time that they have in order to get to the source code in order to talk to the architect. Um, that is, so. that's incredible. I've declared married. that matrix
0: day. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Hell yeah.
1: It's also Pi Day, I guess,
0: isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: 3.14. Yeah. Well, Pi Day is matrix day. Uh, so yeah, uh, I love all three. And, uh, and I imagine just based off of that, that I'll love the fourth one um neil patrick harris is in it mm. um and i don't remember uh who's the new morpheus they changed a couple couple um actors
0: yeah i i don't know his name off the top of my head oh, i'm gonna look it up now matrix four um yeah neil patrick harris uh yaya abdul mateen the second is that his name I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Anyway, you can hear his voice in the Red Pill teaser. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the website,
0: uh, what was the actor's name? Um, y- Yaya Abdul Mateen.
1: Yes, Yaya Abdul Mateen. Yeah, he sounds a lot like, in at least in the trailer, he sounds a lot like Lawrence Fishburne.
0: He does. Yeah.
1: Like at first, I wasn't. For just a second, I was like, uh, is, is that the, the new Morpheus? Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm super excited about that. I'm me
0: too.
1: I don't, the trailer launch, the real trailer comes out tomorrow, I think. Yeah. So we'll be able to actually see more, but the matrix, if you, if you're a techie, uh, I feel like everybody has a soft spot in their heart for the matrix.
0: Agreed I, I loved the first movie I thought it was the greatest thing And when I was younger The Matrix Reloaded Was like uh, I actually saw the first one Like a month before I saw The Matrix Reloaded Because my cousin and I were going to go see The Reloaded in theaters um, So I didn't have to wait very long And I thought that it was a pretty good But not great follow up um, And then when Revolutions came out, everyone hated it. And I thought it was actually pretty great compared to Reloaded. Um, it had a satisfying ending for me. But yeah. all my friends were like, oh, it's so dumb. They like, they, like, had, you know, they, like, made peace. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually really cool and smart. Like, they're not going to be able to destroy the whole system. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. I, I thought it made yeah. a lot of sense.
1: As a as a geeky uh you know, kid who loved his computer a lot, mm. the idea of um a leather clad hottie fighting alongside me to <laughs> save the world just seemed like a really awesome thing that that uh and the Matrix was the only place I was seeing that, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much
0: leather Neo wore though. yeah yeah yeah.
1: but yeah uh i'm super excited for it and after the trailer next week i'm sure i'll have more to say about it
0: yeah i feel like neil patrick harris is going to be an agent
1: i think you're right
0: yeah nph oh man i'm really excited i am a little disappointed though that um what's his name um the guy who played agent smith i'm blanking
1: oh yeah uh,
0: i'm disappointed uh, that he's not in this
1: yeah uh he's also v in v for vendetta what is his yeah.
0: you'll say it and i'll uh, be like oh of course that's his name
1: yeah i can't i uh, anyway yeah he he apparently al- allegedly he had a Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving allegedly yeah. he had a um, scheduling conflict, which I'm like, what scheduling conflict could you have that would take precedence over <laughs> the fourth Matrix movie? Like, right? Uh, but you know, and maybe it's it's been a while, so maybe he's just he's just done with with the Matrix. Yeah. But we're not done with the Matrix. No, I
0: it's time I have get plugged back in. I, yeah, I've got I've got high hopes. Hey, did you ever play the, uh, Enter the Matrix?
1: No, the online one. Or no, no, that, that was offline. that was uh, the Matrix online. Yeah, um, Enter the Matrix. No, I didn't play. I I didn't play any of the the Matrix games. Um, so I don't know why I I just didn't wasn't aware of them maybe at the time or
0: the, I don't know the game isn't great but okay when they were filming the matrix reloaded and revolutions they were filming them back to back and they also filmed a bunch of extra stuff for the matrix or for enter the matrix and so oh really there's like a whole other side story about Niobe and a couple other characters and it's great so you're telling me
1: I'm going to have to load up a PlayStation 2 emulator <laughs> and figure out what happened in Enter the Matrix? Yes. I think that's I think that's yeah, exactly what what will have to happen.
0: Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I want to know what yeah. everybody out there thinks about The Matrix. Did you like the sequels or did you only like the first movie? Uh, and did you play Into the Matrix? Because that's that's my jam. Um, let me know. Let us know by sending uh, an email to uh, off show at Um. Yeah. All right, next next uh, next story. We're talking about yeah, su- Sousa Rancher, man. What's going on with this?
1: Well, you know, uh, honestly, I don't really care what's happening with Sousa Rancher. There's a new release, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and that's what this is about, and that's that's what the the article's about. But the thing I was most interested in was as I was reading this this article about Sousa Rancher, um, I found out that the annual recurring revenue of Sousa is $519 million. Yeah. Which I just was sure that that was a typo. And so I went to the press release itself, and then it's listed there at the same amount. So apparently... Yeah. Sousa, which is now i I guess a public company, I missed that whole uh Sousa going public um, but it's it's making a decent amount of money half a bi- half a billion dollars a year
0: yeah, so here's the thing Where does that come from?
1: Well, based on what I'm gleaning from this is it's not coming from America. Yeah. That that's what it says here. It's it says uh it says that it's grow I guess it's growing in the North American market, mm. but it hasn't historically had a very a very large user base there. Yeah. It's been mostly European focused. So maybe if we were maybe if we were in you know, Germany or or Italy or something. We would be looking at SUSE instead of Red Hat when thinking about like, you know, enterprise Linux. Um, right. Yeah, it's so crazy that they're they're that size, and it's. I mean, the last time I used SUSE seriously uh, was I don't know two thousand and. 11 or 12 yeah i I was
0: gonna say the same thing like the last time i used Suse was when i like when i was trying to find an alternative distro because ubuntu had made unity like the default (laughs) like that's how long ago it's been for me
1: i just was really into the chameleon yeah exactly
0: me too (laughs) that was exactly it yeah I like their branding I was like, and then yeah, I, this awesome. I loaded it up and I'm like, oh, KDE. Ugh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like you said that probably set the internet on fire, but yeah. It's like uh, the biggest problem was just like just menus upon menus upon options upon options. Yeah. And uh, their setup tool back then. What was it called?
0: I bet you know. asked
1: Do you remember that? Yeah. Yast, Yast, another yeah. Another
0: system tool.
1: Yeah. That thing was intense. Is yeah. it still a big a
0: big deal? I think so. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Man.
1: You know what? One of us should probably take the Sousa challenge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've got work to do. I don't have time to like Yeah <laughs> poke around in your ass too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there. I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll put I don't know which machine I'll put it on, but I'll put it on a machine and just see yeah. See what that experience is like. I mean, I I honestly, okay. So what's tell me this? I feel like guilty asking this because I don't know, I don't know why I have to ask this. But, um, so KDE mm. and then Plasma.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are these are these two different desktop environments? Well, KDE is like the parent. And and Plasma is the modern desktop environment. So when you say okay. KDE Plasma, you're talking about like the Plasma desktop environment.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, and that is like the the desktop environment. That when you install KDE, that's the experience you're getting. Is the yeah. Plasma desktop?
0: Right. Okay.
1: Well, that's what I thought. That's what I
0: thought. Yeah.
1: Now I'm just clicking around. <laughs> looking at Sousa.
0: Looking at KDE. Yeah. I mean and it's so, not
1: my cup of tea, but
0: No, <laughs> it's not mine either. Um but have you tried have you ever used Rancher before? No, I haven't. I haven't. Have you? I've used it a little bit and like it's actually kinda cool. Like you can basically deploy um and manage like Kubernetes with it. Um, so it's like, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not super familiar with Kubernetes, like that whole thing. Cause I've never had to do like, you know, enterprise level, uh, server, you know, cloud infrastructure stuff. So, um, uh, but I've, I've played around with it and like, there's a guy on YouTube and I, I, his name escapes me, but he's like, it's not serve the home. It's one of those like home automation ones. And, uh, He talks about Rancher all the time because that's what he uses to like automate his house. So I tried doing it; it wasn't. I didn't quite understand it, but it seems really cool.
1: I think I did play around with Rancher a while back before it was before it was Susa Rancher. But yeah, obviously it it didn't really stick with me. So yeah, (laughs) right. But good for them. It looks like looking at the Sousa Rancher part of their website. I mean, they've got some significant customers there. Yeah, Ubisoft, um, Samsung, Fidelity, Siemens. So, yeah, it's, you know, if they're making that much money, it must be coming from that. That's one of their sources.
0: Right. So, well, I mean, from from uh, Rancher doing well to Docker doing not so well. Can you give me the rundown on this?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the the whole deal is docker hasn't been making money hasn't been making enough money um this is like you know one of those uh, one of those stories that makes sense but it's hard to hear and i'm sure it's even harder for docker's investors uh because uh docker took has taken in a ton of venture capital yeah and you know at the end of the day a lot of Docker users, not a lot of paid Docker users. Right, and uh, Docker Swarm, which was their one of their attempts to convert, you know, folks to uh, paid users, uh, was supplanted by uh, Kubernetes. And so, it it's just uh, now they've got this giant shakeup. They're apparently going to. Kind of reorg and try to try to change how they get people to turn into paying Docker customers. So now you have to pay for Docker Desktop, for instance, um, which is the desktop app that you would use on like Mac and Windows. I don't know if you can use it on Linux, but um, you don't have to. My understanding is you don't have to pay for the command line tool, uh, so uh, if you're on Linux, you're probably using the command line tool yeah. and that won't, that won't change. Um, but, yeah. Oh yeah, da- Docker Desktop does not run on Linux. No. So, money problems. People shaking up. I didn't actually see whether or not, I don't know if they're making like, if they're going to throw out any of the Main officers at the top of the company. I didn't see that in the article, but uh, yeah, not good for Docker.
0: <laughs> no, no, and it's crazy to me because Docker, like, I mean, I run like eight different Docker containers personally, and there's a couple Docker containers that I run, uh, like my company runs for some of the some of my clients, and so it's like. Um, and I don't pay for any of it because it's like, you know, Docker is just the simplest way to get infrastructure deployed and ready to go uh, from, from my perspective. And yeah. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. But at the same time, like if, if this company behind Docker isn't making money, then I don't, I don't, that, you know, the, if the company's not making money, then, the technology is not going to go away, but the pace of, uh, you know, improvements and, and stability and, and all these other things is going to slow down significantly.
1: This is like the, I mean, it's just the number one open source software problem played out, you know, on a really big scale there. They've, taken a lot of money, they've gotten really big, and they have this amazing piece of software that they're developing, but they have to figure out a way to convert people to paying users in order to fund their company and development, and uh, that's hard. That's hard for most open source projects. Um, I really hope they can do it. I know that there are other uh, containerization tools out there that are gaining some momentum too, like um i think uh, one of them is called podman which is a um containerization management tool um mm. which is kind of interesting and then uh but you know docker has so many of these added things on top of docker itself yeah. you know docker hub and uh the hosting all of those images that i'm not sure any of the other community alternatives have so yeah it's i hope that docker can figure it out and become sustainable at a level that that they're they're happy with and that keeps development going because uh for the stuff that i uh do for like i would say half of the code i touch for thunderbird i like the thunderbird website and a few other things not thunderbird itself I use containers for just so that I don't have to like worry that I'm going to screw up my development environment when I come back to those projects.
0: And, uh, so it's very useful to me too. I I don't know what the solution is because, you know, there's open source projects like, um, uh, I mean, there's different tiers of open source, right? There are like free Mm -hmm. Libra and open source projects where the developers mostly do it as a passion or their company just pays them to maintain their project, right? And so yeah, like, that's how they get funding. And then there are open source and publicly traded companies like MongoDB where they make like these very strange community editions that ha that have like that are kind of knee in some way and yep. um, and the, and 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 they make huge sums of money because i mean did you re- i don 't know if you read about that, but mongodb like has is just huge right now like on the stock market I did see that, and it 's like yeah it's like ha- like of course, like a database is going to be making a crap load of money, especially with their pricing model. But then you have things like in this weird space where it's it's basically Docker, and they're trying to actually be like a free and open source thing and then charge for like a premium experience on top of that and it's like yep yeah. it i I'm torn because it's like I love Docker, and I want to see it grow and continue to be useful for me and my company, but I don't want to pay for it because you know I haven't paid for it before and like and so and and the pricing model that they have what i'm reading here does seem a little strange like the bigger the company is the the less expensive it is to actually you know have a seat at the table essentially and yeah and it, that's the most frustrating thing
1: it's uh it's hard cuz you know i come from a open source company <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we, we try to figure out how to fund Thunderbirds development all the time. Uh, and we're doing pretty well based on just donations, but it's, uh, it's still difficult, uh, because the amount of things that users expect from a piece of software that has as many users as we have and is, and is used as, I guess, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Used as vigorously as Thunderbird is, uh, as like a part of their business that they conduct every day, uh, without like donations, which, you know, a lot of times I'll talk about this stuff on, on podcasts I'm interviewed and, tons of people will message me and say like, yeah, you know, like if you're an open source project, you should just accept donations and plenty will come. And, uh, that's not always
0: true. (laughs) Right.
1: And, uh, and even like if you are getting donations, but you're only getting donations from a very small percentage of, um, your user base, it's, even if you have an enormous user base, it's hard to keep up with user expectations. I, you know, uh, they're used to uh, well-funded, you know, pieces of software that like Thunderbird is used by 20 million people. Yeah. But I'm compared wild. to other software that has 20 million people using it, we we don't have near as much money like Slack, for instance, before the pandemic, their daily active users was 15 million people. Mm, I can yeah. tell you Slack has a ton 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 more money oh yeah than thunderbird does and uh and so i guess what i'm trying to say is it's it's hard to to fund these tools to keep up with the level of i guess quality that your users expect especially when you start getting to a really large scale right and that is a challenge for open source and so, yeah, you have people like MongoDB who do like open core, you know, or something like that, where you know there's there's some really great features that are behind some kind of paywall or tied to a premium service. And then you have uh, you have other organizations that end up having to do other things, like Mozilla proper. You, I think, most of your audience would know that you know firefox it relies on a on a search engine deal with um, google and other companies yeah uh, in order to fund their operations and ultimately um <laughs> this is like one of the largest challenges in open source software development is how are you going to pay to keep the lights on and how are you going to pay to keep the code getting churned out and uh it's it's a very hard question to answer, and um, hopefully the Docker guys can figure it out because I feel like it's a project that has totally changed uh, development and application development, and like also has really raised the profile of like containers and connected to that Linux. Yeah, because now you have like all these developers talking about. You know, just okay, well what Docker container are they using? Like are it, oh they're using the Ubuntu Docker container or whatever. And it's it's introducing them to, to Linux even though they're on like a a Mac or a Windows workstation. And uh anyway, all this, this cool technology being exposed to so many people, that I think that's that's amazing. Uh right. hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully they can find a, a good funding model that works for them. This this desktop Docker Desktop might work. Um, it's the Docker Docker Desktop application is cool. I've used it a couple times, so I could see myself if I wasn't on a platform where I've just gotten used to the command line interface. I could see myself you know paying just for the ease of using that
0: yeah so i mean docker compose also handles a lot of the the more tedious parts of docker <laughs> that's what mm, i use mm. Gotcha. Um, but yeah i mean you know what you know what the solution might be though for uh for the open source development issue
1: what's that
0: if you have ai do it for you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that leads us to our last story here. Uh, only natural persons are allowed to be uh, listed as the inventor of a technology on a patent in the United States, according to a new ruling by a U.S. judge. Um, this is fascinating because essentially uh, this boils down to uh, a, an, an, an inventor from Missouri named Stephen Thaler. And he, uh, in 2019, applied for two patents in the United States. One of them was a food container that was designed using fractal geometry, which, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to make a plate out of fractals, and, uh, and, and an emergency light beacon. Um, but the patent office rejected uh, his patents because he credited his own neural network as the creator of these uh, inventions, so he went to court about it and uh, yeah the basically the judge sided with the patent office and said that only that, that the laws actually state that individuals uh, must take an oath to swear that they're the inventor of the of the patent. And uh, they have to be natural, pers- natural persons. Uh, what do you think about this, my friend?
1: <laughs> this is so fun. First off, I'm from Missouri originally. Yeah. So, kudos to kudos to Missouri for for uh, one of us bringing this issue to the foreground. Secondly, uh, did you th- the neural network it has a name? <laughs> He's named it. It's Dabus. 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 Yeah. Hal nine thousand. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I just want everybody to stop for a second and realize that we live in the cyberpunk future. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, like it's just so uh, interesting, and I'm also curious to see like. Is this going to be upheld? Because uh, natural persons, um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about this. It's it. So anything that your AI creates, then you know, you you need to be the one to patent it. Um, right. I'm so curious what this looks like in 20 years.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: does this still stand, or, or is it going to be much more complex than this?
0: <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I mean, personally, yeah. here's my take on this. I don't think that AI should be able to patent things or get a copyright on things um, for one simple reason. And that's because um, if AIs can do that and get patents, then, like, there's literally no incentive for human beings to invent. You know what I'm saying? Like, at, at a certain point, like, when we start, when we are approaching the singularity, you know, like they can patent Hmm. they could they could literally go through and patent literally everything (laughs) you know what i'm saying and there's nothing that's what i was
1: thinking they're gonna they're gonna uh, accidentally ddos the u.s patent and trademark office (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you allow that
0: right and yeah i mean i think that whatever ai creates should be part of the common heritage of man you know what i'm saying like the the common yeah. like because i think ai if it's used properly and if we give it the correct respect and if we like treat it correctly and not abuse it ai has the potential to bring about uh a brighter future for mankind and yeah but if we are like stuck in these old ways of doing things like intellectual property for example then i mean that's that's when we run into like major issues and if we and if we extend i don't know i feel like there should there should be a difference between things created by machines and things created by humans i don't know yeah but then you run into i i literally watched this episode of star trek last night uh, when the bow breaks tng i think it's uh, season uh, season 1 episode 17 i think have you seen that one
1: uh it's the well, one i don't know
0: it's the one where uh like the enterprise comes upon a planet that's like been cloaking itself for centuries and they have like a perfect society but it's basically run by uh an ai named the custodian and uh They abduct all the children off the Enterprise and the children uh, are like curious about how or or specifically Wesley Crusher is is uh, curious about how the custodian works. And everyone's like, why do you care how it works? It feeds us like that's all that matters. And like so the like the the whole the whole thought of like AI could lead to a glorious future could also be like it could also lead to everyone being complacent.
1: That's, I mean, in some ways we're already there.
0: Yeah, I for sure.
1: I have to say that my first couple of years doing tech support, it was really soul crushing for that,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: for that reason is uh, sometimes, you know, you just encountered people whose entire businesses, you know, were running off of the, you know, some of this, the technology they were using, and at the same time, they they don't want any kind of knowledge about how it works, or you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I I am just curious to watch this this space. I this is just so fascinating that that this is even coming up. I mean, I knew something like this would eventually come up, but. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't really even know why like the the inventor, um Thaler, uh has decided to try, I guess, in a an appeal. Um, yeah, appeal the 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 case to a higher court. But uh uh I I, I don't really understand why he's so <laughs> Driven to make sure that, um, the bus gets Davis, Debus bus gets, uh, <laughs> gets credit. But yeah, does I'll keep watching it. <laughs> yeah. <Keep> maybe, watch- <laughs> maybe
0: he's actually a Tesla bot and he's fighting for his rights.
1: Yeah. Like, there you secretly. go. There yeah, you go.
0: That's what it is,
1: man. Maybe that's <laughs> our bonus, our bonus thing. What did you think when you saw that? The Tesla bot? The Tesla bot. Oh my yeah, God. Right.
0: Someone needs to stop Elon Musk.
1: Yeah, he's I, gonna make a, himself a robot army oh my to go God. along with the the Teslas and the the rockets.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's like he's he's in a he's he's in his own fantasy world. I don't think that the Tesla bots are gonna look like that when they're if you know if he even makes them, but. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, it, I look at Boston I, Dynamics robots and I'm like, well, they almost move human. You know what I'm saying? But they have like these yeah. huge ass like gas generators on the back and like, <laughs> you know, whatever. And it's like, can Tesla actually achieve that? I doubt it. At least within the next five years, I doubt it.
1: I, th- I just thought that they were a um, joke at first. Like, I, yeah. uh, I just... Uh, I just saw I don't know where I saw it but I saw you know a picture of it and an article and I was like and I was like this can't be real and I was like it's not a it's not April 1st but I this <laughs> just looks like a fake news story and then when it turned out that it was a quote-unquote real story even though right now it's kind of just a mannequin but you yeah. you know it's The way he described it made sense, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm just, I'd be super skeptical that this was going to come to fruition, except for, uh, I'm kind of cautious to be skeptical. (laughs) Yeah. So I honestly,
0: I honestly think Elon Musk is a freaking idiot. I don't like... I don't like I don't like Elon Musk. Like, whatever. He he's he's like this oh he's this eccentric billionaire, but like no, he's he's like crazy. <laughs> and he has a lot of money, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh
1: I just uh I I just wish uh I had been a part of founding PayPal so that I would have crazy money to do yeah. to build good things for for humanity but but you were also like four (laughs) yeah exactly probably yeah so but it's just like anyway that's a tangent that is off topic but uh but yeah so no ai going to patent anything anytime soon no that's what we take away from this
0: yeah that's that's how it seems and uh that puts us about the 45 minute mark my friend um, okay. So, we, if you guys have any uh, input on any of these stories, uh, let us know. Shoot us an email, show at offtopical.net. You can also uh, ask us questions. We we take questions from the email section. Um, didn't get any uh, this week, but hopefully next week we'll have a couple questions and we can answer them on air. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you or for. Or they
1: can m- share with us on Twitter or. or oh yeah, uh, of course. The
0: Fediverse too. Yeah, you're. Uh, you can
1: hit me up at. At Ryan Lee Sipes and uh, Ryan Lee Sipes at Mastodon.social nice uh, on the Fediverse.
0: And uh, how about I'm, you? I'm, I'm Gardner underscore Bryant on Twitter. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Well, thank you for being here, my friend. As always, uh, it's a pleasure doing the show with you.
1: Yeah, and we'll keep we'll keep
0: going. Absolutely. And, uh,
1: <laughs> see where this takes us.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, as always, and uh, I hope you all have a great day.
1: Yep, see you later.